We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Wine with Megan Mel. We're here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. I'm Mel, a master of sobrage, joined by Meg, master of wine. So the main difference is that Meg studied for years, passed the world's hardest exam, and now she sits among like the 0.001% of people in our industry. But here's the thing. I can open a bottle of champagne with a sword. So I think we're kind of on like even footing, right? Never gets old, does it? Never gets old. (laughs) Yes, we are on equal footing, definitely. Uh They are exactly the same level of... Completely comparable. Complexity, I think. Yeah, yeah, cool. Now that we've sorted that out, we have to talk about the pairing method. So, Meg, can you tell us a bit about this experience that we've got at the moment? So, it's basically teaching you how different elements, so we're breaking it right down. We know how food and wine match generally, but what we've done is we've taken those bits of food apart and we've got salt and we've got bitter and we've got acid and getting people to taste each of those individual elements with wine and then layering on those elements so starting with acid putting some salt on the acid and then putting some fat on top of that and seeing how each of those added things make the wine look different we are interested in how the wine looks we're not really interested in how the food looks but I mean some people who come and do the the pairing method might look at the food but yeah for us it's more of a wine thing it's an amazing oh it is so cool i think we can unashamedly put our hands up and just say it is a sick experiment that we do here and the thing that's amazing is that everyone kind of agrees yeah so i mean we are supposed to have differences in our taste buds and everything mm. but there are just things that um do work and don't work. Yeah. And I guess that's where all of this food and wine pairing has come from. Yeah. You know, originally. And like the cool thing for me is like you taste maple syrup and then you taste like honey and you would think they're both sweet and they'll have the same effect on the wine but they don't completely different yeah absolutely it's really cool we get this too how did chef tyson to come in and he makes the meals for everyone that pair down to the very element as precisely as they possibly could with each wine so we're running that at rob dolan wines um uh, for the first three Saturdays of June. So if you're a foodie and you have interest in um, really how to pair food and wine down to the element, this is something you should check out. Uh, you can find it on the Rob Dolan Wines website. But Meg, what are you drinking this week? This week I've been drinking an old school wine, an old 2013 McWilliams Mount Pleasant Semillon. Oh, yeah. Very daggy, not trendy. Oh, my God. You know, they they famously sort of went broke, McWilliams, which just astounds me because they make some of the greatest, certainly some of the greatest semillon in the world, undoubtedly. Um, And it's just nice to go back and have a look at those classics and cheap as chips. You know, I got it. I've I've had it in my cellar for a while, um, but I got it. I think it was on a seller release from Dan Murphy's and it probably cost me maybe $20. Yes. Um, but I was looking at, um, you know, Semillon today online and seriously between 15 and 25, you can drink the world. And these are wines to lay down. I guarantee you even at $15, it yeah. won't go 40 years, yeah. but it could easily go five to 10 and they change so much. 
uh, Negebi Masan and Hunter Valley Semyon are yeah. like the two most best hidden secrets in Australian wine. Absolutely, and cheap. What's ne- what's Negebi Masan go for? I mean, Shadow de Bilk's like ten to fifteen dollars. Yeah. when new release, new it's release, ridiculous, and it'll age a treat. It'll, and it'll age decades, 50, 60 yeah. years easily. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a great recommendation this week. And do you have a fun fact? The fun fact, it was it's a bit of science and talking about food and Ooh. wine matching, that the bacteria in our mouth, a little bit like our gut biome, um, helps determine what we can taste and how we perceive things. So your bacteria is going to be different to mine. So we oh. perceive things differently. So all of this stuff that we've sort of put down to being genetic, like you can't taste. Yeah. I can't smell pepper, for example, but... It may be that um, part of the what we can taste and what we can't taste and what impacts how we perceive food with wine is the bacteria in our mouth. But is the bacteria genetic? Where does it come well, from? It's probably dietary, a bit like your gut biome. So uh, depending on what you eat. Um, yeah, it's just fascinating. Cool. I haven't finished reading the article because it's very silly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, skim read, read the abstract and then the results <laughs> and then go back and have a look at the science later. But, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was fascinating because it all kind of ties into what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I found it oh, just amazed. Awesome. Okay, well, this week, Meg, we're going to talk about wine gadgets, what ones you definitely need in your life and what ones are a waste of time. I already have a feeling that we might have differing opinions here <laughs> because I love the theatre in wine. I love gadgets. I love bits and pieces. I think it's all so fun. And you're a very simple lady. I am a very simple lady, and I can tell you disagree on one thing. I don't think you need a sabrage knife in your kit of um, novelty tricks. Okay, well, you're obviously yeah, wrong. wrong. So I don't care how much. This of is a coming from a woman who only travelled back from Canada with one suitcase, <laughs> left half of her clothes, and she loves clothes for this great saber. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like all our listeners will agree with me that that okay. was a really, really good decision yes. making. I'm quite simple. I have a lot of gadgets. Yes, but. I famously don't use any No, you don't. But, okay, let's get to it. We, I have a big, giant list here. I want to start with glassware. How, what, like, did, can you just drink out of anything? If I go to Kmart and buy the, gosh, I was looking at something that was six glasses for $4.50 today. Are they going to change the way I experience wine as opposed to, like, a beautiful Riddell glass? Yeah, I hate to say it. I I didn't really buy into all the special glasses for special varieties until I went to a few of these um, Riedel tastings where they do they put Shiraz in different glasses or Chardonnay and it does make a difference. That said, day to day, are you really analysing your wine that much? When you come home from work, you're <laughs> cooking, it could be in a tumbler. Like we have drunk in Italy or France at a yeah. little bistro. We've drunk our, um, you know, Pichet du Vin out of a little glass and we've been none the wiser. We don't care. So I think it depends a little bit theatre environment yeah. that you're in. Yeah. If we're opening a really special bottle. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's actually with that McWilliams, I did try it in two glasses. <gasps> How'd it go? Well, I tried it in the Merceau Burgundy glass, which is my standard drinking glass. It's a Spiegel glass. It's not a Riedel glass, and I just love them. Um, against this Viognier glass that I'd bought, mm-hmm. sort of, it's supposed to work with Chardonnay from Riedel. And yeah. um, the Viognier glass is a little bit more tapered at the top of the nose. So 
top of the nose, top of the glass, top of glass, yeah, um, and broader at the bottom. So it actually worked better <laughs> when you first drank the wine, but as they evolved in the glass, I actually thought my standard Spiegel glass was was better. Wow, yeah, it was, that's it really was fascinating. Interesting because I've just spent a fortune on all these glasses, and my husband was saying we don't bloody use them. Yeah, and that's because they don't fit in the dishwasher. The stems oh, are too yes. old. Well, okay, I actually want to come out of no gray area with these, a yes or no. Are fancy wine glasses worth having in your house? I feel like you're saying yes. Yes, if you really want to drill down into your wine. Yep. Okay, air raiders. Yes and no. Um, My concern with air raiders is some of them have little balls and things in them. Yeah. And I wonder what that material is made of. Yeah. I mean, if it's an inert stainless steel, then that's fine. If it's a more mild steel or even, you know, in France we used to have copper ones. Yeah. Um, I do worry about that having an impact on the wine. If you're in a lot of hurry and you need to get some air into your wine, do it. If not, pour it back and forth into the bottle. Um, pour it into a jug, pour it into a decanter. There's many ways of doing it. You don't have to have a special little nozzle at the end of your bottle. So do you need an aerator in your house? Final decision? Nope. No. Ho, ho. All right. Okay, sulfur tablets, those little things that you pop in, those little pills that you pop into your wine and oh, this is actually take out it, the sulfur. It's hydrogen peroxide. That doesn't sound like something I want to drink. No. Um but what it does is it combines with the sulfur dioxide. A little bit of science for you. Here we go. Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> Hydrogen peroxide is H2O2 plus uh-huh. SO2 for sulfur dioxide forms H2SO4, which is sulfuric acid. Okay. Um, so what it, my concern is it can bleach the wine. The reason we don't use hydrogen peroxide in our wine is because it has a bleaching effect. Yeah. And secondly – this whole thing that sulfur dioxide gives you headaches, um, Harvard Medical School have definitively said, no, it is not sulfur dioxide. <laughs> oh, I'm great. We have The reaction that you there. get is um, from biogenic amines, another science word, histamines basically, and that tends to be more of an allergic wheezy reaction than headaches. So I do not rate these drops. Um, don't buy them. Don't waste your money. Okay, that one's a firm no. Yep. Uh, wine pumps, those little like things. Oh, the vacuum van. Yeah, uh, we might need to describe what it kind of. I once ordered um, uh, some argon gas. It's a, it's a wine saver thing that you mm. put in and um, from a large retailer online. Yeah, and they ran out, so they sent me that vacuum van thing, and I rang them up and said, "This does not do the job that I yeah. want it to do." And they said, "Oh, it sucks the air out." And I said, "No, it doesn't." So basically, what it is is you put it over the top of the bottle and you pump up and down and the theory being that it extracts the oxygen yeah what's it replacing it with it's creating a vacuum that's kind of the idea they don't really work (laughs) um they are they've got a rubber seal that sits on top so better than nothing but i again i would not waste they're cheap they're like 10 bucks yeah they are really cheap and right might make you feel better but no it's not going to do much no on that then okay you could so all, I'm not, I'm yeah, not doing not, very there's well. There's not much here that you're saying yes to. Bottle stopper. Good old-fashioned bottle stopper. Well, we have screw cap in most of our wine now. Yeah. Uh, so not necessary. I have hundreds of them um, and some of them are uh, – the, the reason I use them because I do actually use these and I have these is because cork often is too tall to get back 
yes. into my yes. fri- fridge without moving a shelf. Ah. Um, so I use those because they're shorter. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, they, they are handy. Um, I've got them from all over the world, but uh, I wouldn't – you can live without them. As I've said before, yeah. screw up some tin foil, shove it in, it will do exactly the same job. All right. I'm just getting out my little – I've got this, like, super mega fancy box here with wine accessories in it. My sister gave me this once. This is the most hectic-looking, like, corkscrew it's I've ever seen pool. in my life. They are amazing. It looks like a legit gun. We'll put a picture of this up on our Instagram, but it looks like a whole gun. This this piece of equipment is bigger than my hand. Meg, why is this possibly necessary? They, The proper screw pool, which is the, the original brand, I'm not sure what brand you've got, but they are life-guaranteed. You will never have to buy another corkscrew. Uh-huh. I broke mine in Chile. Um and wrote back to them and they sent me one to Chile, which was amazing. But why is it any better than a corkscrew? What it does is you it, it's got two arms that wrap around the top of the bottom. You then pull the handle down, the screw goes straight into the cork, no twisting on your behalf, and then you pull it back and it pulls the screw out. And I guarantee that will open every single bottle of wine you want without breaking the cork. Oh, my God. So I feel like I'm getting a yes from you on this one. This is worth having in the house. Yes, because <gasps> when I many years ago I worked at the International Wine Challenge helping out when I was just an up-and-coming newbie in London, and yeah. um, we used these and I didn't have one single cork fail, and this was back when everything was under cork. All right. I don't have one anymore. Um, someone stole it off me, Nora Robertson. Um, Damon James <laughs> is a friend of mine. <laughs> Um, and, but they, they are good. I use just a normal everyday waiter's friend. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But they, they are very good if you can afford them. They're a couple of hundred bucks. Yeah. Oof. Oof. All right. Nice present for my sister. Oh, wine collar. All right. Yeah. What the hell is this? This next thing I'm looking at is like a circle. It's like a big wedding ring. It's, it is like a giant <laughs> wedding ring, but it fits three of my fingers in it and it's like all squishy inside it's just called a wine collar and it's just put over the top of the neck of the bottle so that it looks pretty and stop the drips running down and damaging your label okay um do you no need, do, you don't need one of these guys all right good <laughs> we'll put up a picture of that as well um okay this one is oh she my didn't God. know how to I use it no she didn't idea even what know what this it was. was i was going through this this morning what is it it kind of looks like um Nail clippers, almost. Yeah. Side like on nail, nail clippers. clippers. I was like, what am I meant to do with this? So what it has is it's got, um, it's basically a circle with plastic and it's got two, four small metal wheels in it that when you put it over the top of a wine with a capsule, so something with a cork, yeah. and you turn it, it will cut the capsule. So it just prevents you, because you can pull it straight off, you don't actually have to handle it. And I, I'm sure you've all had cuts from when you've opened capsules. But again, a lot of things under um, screw cap these days, so probably not necessary. And a waiter's friend or a knife does the same thing. So you're going to say no, not worth no, having in the house? I do have one. All right. A pourer, a simple pourer. Is it a stop drop or just a straight no, pourer? it's just a straight pourer. Don't need it. Is it that hard to pour out of a bottle? No. I don't think so either. No. All right. Stop drops are good. They actually stop the wine. If you're doing tastings and we, you yeah. know, we've got lots of people in front of us, it stops it running down the bottle. Um, these are just basically round bits of, it looks like foil. You sort of 
curl them up so they fit into the um, bottle neck and then you pour and it's guaranteed not to actually drip um, anywhere. And they, they actually work very well. And they're nice little branding things as well because you can put oh. Rob Dollar wines or something <laughs> on them, hand them out for free. <laughs> okay. Um, this one I love and I can't wait till you talk about it. <gasps> wine pills. <laughs> It's like if you want to cool down your wine but you don't want to add ice, they're like stainless steel and you put them in the freezer and they get cold. And then when you put them in the wine, it makes it cold without putting water in it. I mean, kind of a good idea. I actually bought these but they're rocks for my husband for his whiskey. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen the whiskey ones. And he just said... Uh, am I allowed to swear? Yes. What a load of shit this is. And he has never used them. And they sit in the bottom of our freezer in a little bag. Every time I clean the freezer out, I'm looking for something. There they are. Um, I mean, kind of good in theory. I guess a little backup plan just in case, but put it in the fridge. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. it's not that hard. And uh, the, the best way to chill your wine down quickly is ice and lots of water in the ice bucket. Throw your wine in. That'll chill it down quickly. But maybe if you're camping, but then you've got to keep those things cold. So if it's, you can keep no, those in the freezer, cool. yeah. Yeah. They, and they clink. They do. Yeah, they just what don't seem nice. What if you swallowed one? Yeah, you, oh, my God. How I big know are you they? Know, they're, they're pretty yeah, – I mean, the rocks you couldn't – They're swallowable. The rocks are uh, not metal and they're also not round. stainless steel. That just doesn't sound like a nice thing to have in your glass, does it? Well, no, but we do make wine in stainless steel, so oh, it won't impact true. on the flavour. Actually, flavor. that's not But bad it could damage point. your glass, I reckon. Yeah, true. All right. Um, oh, uh, bottle tops for sparkling wine. That With the pressure ones? Yeah. Oh, absolutely must have. <laughs> Must have. <laughs> I thought you'd jump at that one. I, I mean, a friend of mine gave me one. I've said this before. Years ago, a best yeah. gift I've ever gotten. I think it was she got it from like the $2 <laughs> shop. I've still got it. The, my only issue is that some bottles of Prosecco, and I am pointing you out here, Prosecco, Italian Prosecco, they don't – the the neck, you know, that rim that comes <gasps> yeah, on champagne yeah, yeah, yeah. or sparkling wine bottles where you, yeah. you have the mucilage or the cage. Yep. That isn't big enough and it doesn't clip on. And so you put it in the fridge and it pops off. Okay. Um, so it just means I have to have another Aperol spritz and not. Oh. But, yeah, they, they are handy. Yes. Because I'm married to a man who's not a huge sparkling wine fan and mm-hmm. I can quite easily polish off a bottle of champagne but don't always. Okay. So I, I rate those. Okay, last one. The last thing that was in that kit was a thermometer. Mm-hmm. which can tell you how cold your wine is mm. for optimal serving temperature. Mm. Do we need that? No, I have one. And my best friend who lives in London gave me one when I got my MW and it's silver top. It's very beautiful mm. and it's got a cork. So it, the thermometer comes out of the cork so you can seal your wine. But do you care? I mean, what yes. is the ideal <laughs> serving temperature, fridge temperature or Room temperature. Okay, I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. Okay, because like all of the all of the um all the wine books like W said and everything they they do give a um and people always say mm-hmm. you know you should serve Chardonnay at like 13 degrees not like mm-hmm. eight degrees of sparkling and I know when I was first learning about wine I was like I have no idea what these temperatures even are or like I would I, there's no way I could taste something and know what that temperature would be exactly so I actually found it really helpful. Taking the temperature of my wine. No, I wouldn't do it now. But back sure, when I started but learning. If it was at 10 degrees, would you go, oh, can't drink it? Definitely not. And also, <laughs> if it was at 10 degrees and you sipped it and then you waited to, for it to get to 13, ideal serving temperature and sipped it, would you uh. perceive the difference between 
the, is, is there a difference in the wine? My only caveat to that is a hot, if it's really hot, particularly when you're in Asia, yeah. you know, they're not very good at the room. You know, if it's not a very well air-conditioned room, red wine can be super hot. And in China, they serve white wine at room temperature, even in places like Guangzhou where it's just yeah. steamy and tropical. So, um, but I, look, the temperature comes out of the fridge. That said, our fridges here at work yep. are far too cold. Oh, my God, they are. And so I have to take all of them. I don't know what they've done, but... I have to always take wine out at least an hour beforehand. Yeah. To because it just looks dull and dead. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. Okay. To recap, the items <laughs> from this list of massive lists, the only things that you need in your house are good glassware, mm. uh, potentially an aerator, but definitely not necessary bottle stopper is okay if if you drink much with cork but probably a screw cap is going to be fine uh that's all the the only last thing that you really need is your sparkling wine stopper yep that's it is there anything else meg is there anything else that you can think of as the biggest wine oh i know well decanters we've said I mean, decanters. Yes, I do like having. I have one decanter um, that does everything, um, but I have been known to use jugs. And look, you need some form of corkscrew. Yes, oh, uh, true corkscrew. Yeah, yes. But uh, that said, if you Doesn't don't have a corkscrew and you have a pair of Blunston boots, put the wine in the bottle <laughs> in the boot and smash the boot gently against does the wall. It actually work. It does. I've never had it fail. Wow. Okay, we're going to do that one. So, um, but you don't need a lot. And even on the glassware, as long for me, as long as the rim of the glass is fine, yeah. that's my one thing. I do go through all my glasses, picking the finest one when I'm opening up the drawer. Um, that's the only thing I would say, have a fine rim on your glass. I hate these clunky and those stupid bowl ones that you know that were in the pubs always. Oh, and like Italian restaurants and stuff. They're they awkward. Really big they're, ones. they're the wrong shape. Yeah. They they always feel like they're going to fall over. They're too top heavy, and they're just new. Meg has already declared she's bringing her own glass to my engagement party, <laughs> 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 just because I have to buy cheap like Kmart ones. She's like, I'll bring my own glass. <laughs> well, that's because I said to you that you should forgo all your engagement gifts and just do vintage champagne on the night, you know. So I'm yeah, hoping that all your friends out there listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All right. Well, it sounds like that's everything you need to know. If there is anything else that you've got at home that you're not sure is really worth having or doing, send it through to us. We'll, um, we'll definitely let you know. But for now, we have a last question, and this is from Jason. He asks, what variety will be the next big thing in Australia? Ooh. Um... I'd like to say Riesling, but it never will. No. I, I think uh, warm climate white grape varieties. So Fiano, maybe oh, Vermentino. God, I hope you're right. Um, Videlo or Videjo as it is in Portugal, um, Arinto. Mm. All of these, uh, there's uh, Zinisteri in, in Cyprus. Yep. They have this amazing ability to still retain acidity. Mm. And so they have lots of texture and body and diff- lots of different um, aroma and flavour profiles than what we're used Sick. to. Yeah. So that Alberino that I was talking about whenever, um, high acidity, really yeah. floral, fresh, yeah. 
So, yeah, any – I think I, I jokingly said before any variety that ends in an O, and a lot of those just did end in an O, but warm climate – Whites, I think, and we're yeah. seeing some of that with the um, Unico Zello Fianos that are coming yes. out. They do a couple of yeah, those. Yeah, they're quite popular. Yeah, they're very good wines. Yeah. Um, and I just saw today um, in Dan Murphy's uh, lots of Fiano, lots of Vermentino in the cheapy section, oh, not the lay down. You love know, that fabulous, for us. great. Yeah, Sub twenty dollars. So it means people can. They're accessible. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's that's what I reckon, Jason. There um, we go. Your two take home messages from today. One is buy wine that ends in O and two is you definitely need a saber in your house. that's the take-home message (laughs) all right that's it for us today uh i hope you enjoyed this episode get in touch if there's anything else that you'd like to hear from us but until next time we hope you enjoy your next glass of wine and drink very well bye